Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome you to another episode of Porch Talk. And um, as the year is winding down, I just wanted to burn the phone lines again. I wanted to go out to California. And I wanted to talk to my friend, Nikki O'Neill. And she has had such a great year. And so I just wanted to spend a little time recapping it. And so, Nikki, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I'm standing uh, outside a street, uh, about to have dinner. I'm next to the 405 freeway with all the crazy traffic that never ends and uh, and another street. But I found a nice, quiet spot. You so, did. Uh, you did. I can't, yeah, I'm I can't very tell. happy to be on the program. So, Yeah, it's great to have you back on. And so just for, uh, just for the listeners uh, that may have not have caught the first episode, is, uh, like, from Sweden, uh, moved to America, and, like, love for music, and um, grabbed the guitar, and, like, to fast-track to where we're going, it's like, now you you are a guitar instructor online. And so, yeah. And so, well, <laughs> what a year. And, like, just talking to you a few months ago, like, um really enjoyed your music and uh thank you yeah and it's it's just it's just good and like last time we spoke you talk about um you know traveling to memphis and getting over to tennessee and and just following you on social media you're all over the place and so i guess let's start right here with just um just recap in 2019 in your mind nikki is uh just what is 2019 meant Oh my God, it's been uh, dreams that have come true. Um, There's been some major surprises. Um, Let me see, like it's been, as far as music goes, the music part of my life, it's been an incredible year. Um, I've been out gigging a lot, um, mostly in in LA and in California, but I've been kind of connecting with making friends with a lot of people in the vibrant Americana scene that's here in Los Angeles. And, um, and so I've been playing a lot of gigs. Uh, yeah, I had a great run with my band, uh, and, um, what's been wow what's been happening after all these shows um one of our members he decided to move so um he moved to new orleans so then i thought 
well, this is such a great band, and we've had you know such good chemistry that yes. has been notable. People have always commented on that. So uh, I wanted to capture that on a record. So um, I'd say around August, September, October. It, yeah, until now, I've been busy recording my next album, which should be out in January. Late January is my goal. And, um, so that's been really great. It's, it's sad to lose, you know, a musician where you feel like you have such great chemistry, but that's how it is with bands. People go separate ways in life. Uh, They, you know, everybody has different needs and stuff. So, uh, you know, it, it was great to just capture that moment. Um, so yeah, it's been a very musically active year. And then, uh, I celebrated my 10th wedding anniversary. So yeah. we went to Spain. Yeah. And went to, I mean, and, you know, it was amazing. Went to Andalusia and, um, yeah, Sevilla, Granada, Ronda. It was really beautiful. And, uh, and then when we were in Spain, uh, this is, it just sounds like unreal, but I, I got a call from, blues guitarist sue foley um and uh she writes a column for guitar player magazine and it's called the foley files yeah and i get i get a call or i get a text from her saying hey uh i want to you know cover you for i want to have you on the column for guitar player and I thought somebody had packed the phone. <laughs> right. So this is like just crazy. And turn up, well, no, that was, you know, that was indeed her. And uh, so I was in Guitar Player in November. I saw that. Uh, no, ac- yeah, actually, it was it was October. Mm-hmm. It was October. And Congratulations, uh, by the way. Uh, thank you. It's, I... I just feel I need to practice more because <laughs> guitar player is like a big deal. I mean, I've, you know, I used to read that magazine when I was a teenager and religiously. I know, I know. And just like, just, <laughs> just knowing your story and uh, like what a milestone, like uh, I, I'm just so happy for you. Thank you. It, it's it was very cool to you know call up my my schools my my different music teachers throughout the years, and to tell them about this yeah. and to say hey you know your efforts weren't wasted on me I like you know kept I've, going and mm-hmm. and and yeah they were so happy and it, it was really cool and um, um, at, uh, around that time, I also, because of the different artists I was playing with, uh, the different Americana artists, um, some of them were arranging a showcase at Americana Fest, uh, called California Country. Uh-huh. Uh, and so they were showcasing the, yeah, different, you know, California, mostly LA, Long Beach based bands. Mm-hmm. And um, I get to play on it, so I get to play it on Americana Fest. Wow! And uh, that's also like, geez, I mean, it's yeah. it's hard to get a gig at Americana Fest. So uh, it's it's just been unbelievable. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, and uh, and and then I also, as if this wasn't enough, um, around the time that I got 
the in the guitar player interview, um, I was also in touch with a, a online guitar lesson company called True Fire. They're based in Florida, yeah, and uh, they're they're pretty well known for in the guitar education world, mm-hmm. yeah, because uh, you know nowadays it's. Uh, people don't buy books so much anymore because of YouTube and stuff. So right. the online learning is, is like a big deal. And, and true fires, a pretty respected, uh, forum. And they have, you know, people like Robin Ford and all, all these like top name guitarists. And, yeah. and then, but they also have a division that's, um, where you, you can, as an educator, um, uh, you can start your own channel and uh you know have your lessons and then people come if they're interested they can subscribe mm-hmm. on a monthly basis and so that's so i'm part of the true fire team now and uh yeah that that is 2019 it's just Ain't unbelievable that, that like it, it's a oh, I, I can't believe this is like my life that we're talking about yeah, I, I, yeah, exactly. I remember um, I, just following you um, since we met, and then you came on the podcast, and um, and just following you since then. And I was like, "She's killing it," <laughs> you know. And uh, so, so just a little bit more, and we can talk about it a little bit more later. But just to plug uh, your show on YouTube, how can people find that, and what is that show about? Okay, so yeah, so it's not on it's not on YouTube. It's, you have to go to truefire.com. Um, actually, if you Google truefire channels, then you get to that part of truefire. It's also on your the, social media. That's how I've been following it. That's why I thought it was YouTube because it's very accessible. Okay. Yeah, no, it's 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 part of the True Fire organization, and yeah. So if you Google True Fire channels, then you'll get there. And then my channel is called Twang Soul and Rock and Roll. <laughs> yeah, that describes and you. That that pretty much is yeah. It's um you know trying to it's a a bit of soul guitar Americana mm-hmm. and rock. And um, it's like it's a pretty new venture, so I'm trying to figure out what people are interested in. So um, I've got I post videos every week. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been about, following you. Know, watched them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I, I usually like I'll uh, I'll uh, feature a little clip of it on Instagram or uh, fa- yeah. or my Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, but then if you subscribe to True Fire, then um, you can get the whole lesson and actually right now if you get on my uh instagram or uh, my my facebook page uh there are probably some posts where i've been having a promotion where you can have free access to all my lessons for seven days yeah and and if you yeah find those posts then you can get the code for that and Mm -hmm. then you can you can see everything absolutely um, yeah, and there's lessons and tabs. So yeah, it's like videos and then tabs that go along with it. Yeah, great. And so uh, let me ask you this, just about the lessons. Like uh, you mentioned, like going into it and like just trying to figure out what the you know the viewers might like. Yeah. Um, do you? I I guess within that, and uh, we can take this wherever you want to go. 
uh, with this question is uh, with what you want to get out personally about your style and the way that you play and how you learned it um, does that get in the way of what you think might not translate to someone else Let me see. I'm not sure. You mean this? Okay, if I understand you right, is it like the topics that interest me that it might not necessarily interest a lot of other people. Yeah. yeah. Or... Let me let me tr- let me try again. So like, yeah, um, sure. So with the name of the channel, um, with that in tune and trying to keep it in that line. Yeah. And then just reaching out maybe to someone brand new to music like and then trying to cater to that as well um okay yeah yeah um well so the thing is that i find you know, so the channel twang soul and rock and roll so i'm trying to keep an angle that's kind of close to the music that i make so there it's kind of roots influenced music so there's a there's certain traditions in those styles of music um for instance, like with improvisation and um, how you solo or what kind of licks and fills you play, what types of chord voicings you play. Uh, and and it's a pretty different tradition compared to somebody who's into like metal and shredding. Sure. And so, uh, so what I'm trying to do with this channel is to, instead of just catering to everybody and like trying to teach let's say indie rock songs or you know the latest like tunes that are like popular right now i'm trying to like have angle it a little bit more so it's like related to the music that i do sure and uh and so there's some things that i've learned um in my learning process as a guitarist that have been like major breakthrough moments. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of want to share what I've learned and, and see if it might help somebody else. And uh, this is where I'm not sure if everybody is as interested in that. So there's like certain things about you, when you're improvising, um, to to one one thing that I find really important and that really freed me up is to really know your way around a fretboard and to understand how the guitar fretboard is designed. Yes. And then that you're able to kind of see, you can visualize all these chords and and with the chords there are the scales and they're all kind of like these pieces of a puzzle. And uh, when when you play Americana and like R and B music or like you know, Jimi Hendrix kind of stuff, or like what he played at with, um, the Wind Cries Mary, stuff that he like got from probably Curtis Mayfield. And I mean, he was kind of schooled, like played with a lot of R and B bands before he became a solo artist. So, so he was, you know, that going down this path of like rhythm and blues and, uh, and, and a lot of that is, it's kind of being able to, see the fretboard and to see like the chords there's like you could play a chord in several different ways and there's like different shapes and they're all kind of interconnected so i'm gonna try to say that without getting too abstract but they're basically there's like a design to the fretboard and once you learn it and you learn 
some songs and you maybe learn some Jimi Hendrix solos and you kind of understand where he was coming from. And maybe he didn't use the same terminology. Maybe he didn't like talk about like say like right now the it's pretty fashionable to talk about the caged system. That's kind of like a system for understanding fretboard and guitar. So yeah, I don't some like people that, love it though. and some people hate it. I don't like people, it. Yeah, some people don't like it at all. Uh, some people find that it's maybe like inhibiting or so. And I don't think somebody like Hendrix used that terminology. I think I think the terminology. I think the terminology cage puts you in a cage. It almost puts you in a box. Uh, the, the, the words definitely sounds like it. Um, I, I don't see it that way for me. It's like, Oh, I can like see how all the, you know, how stuff is interconnected on the guitar and it actually has helped me to free me up. Yeah. Uh, where I can like go wherever I want to. And I'm not stuck in like, you know, when I, for instance, when I started playing, then you kind of, I learned my minor pentatonic scale at the fifth fret or something. And, and then it was like a certain pattern. Like this is one scale that most guitarists is like the first one that we learn. Yeah. And, then I knew how, and then I knew <laughs> how to do it. Yeah. And then God forbid, if I was like, had to go somewhere else on the guitar, it was like, Oh, it's like this unknown, like minefield. Yeah. And, uh, so I so I have to say that 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 system caged yeah and whatever you choose to call it I know a lot of folk musicians they kind of think of it the same way they just don't call it caged yeah um, yeah and we may be thinking about the same thing because like to tell you a little bit like um, my development on guitar is um, I started playing when I was fifteen and. Uh, I took lessons. That's about for, I, similar I, time as me. I took I took two months of lessons, like classically training and like learning how to read music, and that wasn't my thing. You know, I wanted to rock. And yeah. then by the time I was eighteen, from that time period, I was self-taught, and by just people who I could play with that you know played in the area. And um, like the way that he taught skills and the way that he taught guitar. Um, was brilliant, and I mean, I I did it with the way that I teach guitar. I don't think I do it as well because um, I don't, you know, I, I'm not teaching right now, <laughs> obviously. But um, he would, uh, he had a way with learning you, and like, let's just say Eagles. Everybody knows the Eagles. Sure. And if he found that you like the Eagles, well, he would pick a song by the Eagles to teach you, and you would learn how to play the rhythm. And then when you came back the next week, if you actually practiced, <laughs> he would play the rhythm for you, and then he would show you scales, the pentatonics, and how to solo. And he would even like show you how to do like the lick in the song, you know? That's that's a good approach. That's kind of what I do too. And um, and it it made a way for you to connect with that artist. But I love that artist. I love this song. I can connect, and it was brilliant. And I've had six students, but like to my knowledge, three still play, and one is way better cool. than me now. But 
but, that can happen. Yeah, yeah, that's happened to me too. But um, yeah, like and like his whole style of like teaching how to solo, and I never cared anything about it. Like I just like playing my acoustic guitar, playing rhythm, and just singing. You know, like I let somebody yeah. else do that, but I, it's important. But and so when I was learning how to solo with him, you know, teaching me how to solo and me not caring anything about it, um, he would just introduce scales, pentatonic, and then mixolydian, and then he would like show me how they interacted with each other, and he was like, with the way, with the way that you like to play, you may want to think about maybe running down here to grab this. Yeah. And and that blew my mind. And as I got to listening to artists and like when I'm, you know, listening to the idea of the cage, you know, um, I see it come up and it's like, like you said, it's introduced so differently. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. It's such a balancing act for me when it comes to um learning the guitar because i still i mean i definitely see myself as a student um it's um yeah i i started off a little funny i mean i i kind of started off 15 years old too and i I started with classical guitar lessons and then Somehow, with a stroke of luck, I found myself in a like intensive music program in high school, um, where every almost everybody in the class were way ahead of me. They'd played for many more years. Uh, some of them had parents that were musicians. Uh, some of them had been in music you know, lessons since they were four or five, yeah. and. Um, by the time they were 15 or 16, they were semi-professionals. They were out gigging. And uh, that was pretty intimidating. And I remember there was many of the lessons, they involved jazz guitar. And I was, I I always loved learning the melodies of the songs. I I always was drawn to the composition part of it. Yeah. And very intimidated by the improvisation part of it. Um, yeah. so i was like i loved playing charlie parker's like the songs just just the melodies that the head of the song and and i enjoyed the chords a lot because they're just so colorful and chords can take you on an emotional journey they, they just did it it's such a beautiful thing but improvisation it was just it was like way over my head and I, I should have, you know, spent time learning kiss tunes or something, or just, you know, having some fun yeah. with that and learning some licks and stuff. But I kind of got thrown into this like pretty intense uh, upper intermediate advanced music training and and the improvisation. It was just so intimidating and scary. I can relate. So, I can relate. Yeah, <laughs> took a long time, and and then it also, and off and on, it's like I can get pretty sick and tired of the whole like guitar terminology, and uh, I or I get tired of reading of guitar magazines, or I just can't open a guitar book. I'm just like, oh, I'd rather listen to a drum podcast or like, right? Oh, you know, check out a drum channel because. I just know the guitar teaching the terminology and the jargon inside and out. So 
I understand if, you know, you say the word caged and people's eyes will glaze over. Um, I do believe that the way of learning, the best way of learning is the organic way where people show you something, you play with other people, you're, you, you, you get into a band. And I always try to encourage that with my students, like get, get, you know, get somebody to practice with, you know, anything, join a band or, you know, or when they've learned a certain amount of stuff, then I'll say, you know what, I'm not going to teach you more. You need to get into a band because otherwise you're just going to do information hoarding. Yeah. And you need to apply stuff and make it real. So I can definitely empathize with, uh, you know, what can turn you on about music and what can really turn you off (laughs) and uh so it's tough yeah i I mean i wouldn't like you know if somebody comes to me and they've just started playing i'm not gonna like start talking to them about the cage system right (laughs) yeah not immediately no like as they and i mean just you know just to relate with you with what you were saying earlier is i remember when i was learning how to play and the best sessions, and it even happened with um, the guy I was taking lessons from. Um, but it was those times in my home with my friends, and we all yeah. had a guitar between us. And we all knew the song. And yeah. we would just trade parts. Or if right. it, it would be that those rare times in that little music studio when a a friend who was just a hell of a blues player or, you know, just, just a hell of a guitarist in his own right. And just to be able to sit under him and just watch him. Cause yeah. that's, that's how you learn. And like, that's the value of the videos really, you know, is to, how does, how does he do it? How does Nikki O'Neill do it? <laughs> right. It, it's true. I think it's even more valuable when the person is sitting in front of you or, or you're, you know, watching a concert or something. Uh, it seems to me that, you know, a lot of the people that came before us, uh, they learned to play by interacting with others. You, you went to jams or you got together, you know, people showing you stuff. Um, and, and nowadays, it's very much like everybody's in a bubble, and you're sitting at home, and you're watching Instagram stars, yeah, or, and, yeah. and you're watching YouTube videos and yeah. True Fire and stuff. And yeah. I can sometimes, you know, I think it's a fantastic resource, but I can also be like, geez, I just would love to get together with people and... Yeah, um, and just jam. Yeah, yeah. And and that's, that's the whole point of it, right? Because, like, let's just say, like... Down the road, we had an opportunity to play together. Well, you would be bringing a whole lot of influences with you. And uh, that is what is so incredible about your story is, like, you're well-traveled. And so, like, because of your travel, your influence is immaculate. And then I'm just coming from you from um, a southern standing point, right? And, um... I think that there's value when those two things collide. Absolutely. I mean, there was uh, the guitarist who was in my band. I mean, he was a great improviser, and he kind of came from uh, 
he was a huge Grateful Dead fan, which I'm not as much. But I'm not my, either. My husband, who's a my husband, who's a, the drummer in, in, in my band, uh, he also grew up on the Dead, and so did the bass player. So everybody in my band is yeah, like is a Dead, a major jam band background, but yeah. me. But I can I I can appreciate it. But but they definitely like everybody has just been really great with the improv and the jamming and stretching out and being able to take a song of mine that is a certain way on the record where it's like, okay, I got these hooks. I'd love you to play these parts. Cause that's like, just, it's going to, you know, I want that in the song, but, but then when we play it live, then we open it up so that there are surprises because otherwise it's, it's too stale if you play something the same way every time. I think so. so, so it's been just so cool to see them because it's mostly been them kind of you know take the song and just stretch it out. Yeah. Um. And and I felt like yeah, I I want to do that too. And and the guitarist, I mean, we kind of different styles, uh, soloing styles and and tone and stuff like that, but. It's still just really inspiring. It definitely kept me on my toes and, you know, kept me practicing and you know, kind of still still does, even though he's not, yeah, he left L.A. That is, that's one of the greatest things about this podcast is just far as songwriting and just far as, like, playing and just far as meeting and relating to people with coming across people from all over the country. And the way that they view things and the way that they do things and to allow that to like have an impression on the way that I do it. And, everybody uh, has a very different way of doing stuff, which is nice because then, you I mean, know, it wouldn't be any fun, right? Yeah. And, and then it's like, OK, you know, if, if somebody's way doesn't work for you, there's somebody else that's, you know, oh, you can relate to. Right. And so, um. We're at, God, I, I think I got 11 more minutes, so I got two things I want to hash out with you real quick. Okay. And so, um, lastly, this is the, the last thing, is um, I want to talk about your travels to Tennessee. Oh, I, it was... But, um, but before, oh my God. But, but we'll end on that. But uh, before that is, um, I just want to ask for your advice for upcoming guitar players, songwriters, and bands, and just in your experience, um, what are some things to key in on from the start? Oh, wow. That's a, <laughs> that's, that's a big, open-ended question. It is. Uh, and just, just pick a couple things and just whatever comes sure. to mind. Sure. I've... I found I always had a special love for songwriting. So when I look at back in my life, uh, I've, I've noticed like I was just crazy about writing songs early on since I was a little kid. Well, like make up stupid songs about people or like family members or right. I was just always into songs. And then when I would read about artists, it was like the songwriters that really like it felt like that's my tribe and um as opposed to like the singers or the guitar players although i could i mean relate to them too but there's something about songwriting 
that felt very much like this is this is my thing. Yeah. Um, I find that um, okay, whether you're a guitar player or singer, you know, whatever. I think it's really important to try to either develop your songwriting as well as you can and study the masters or if you find that okay this is not your strong point get together with somebody who is strong with that because when you like i i see so many bands here in la yeah and i lived in new york also i mean there's like big music cities and you see people that are like great singers or great instrumentalists and they can wow you for a moment, but if the songs aren't good, then you kind of start to tune out. Um, and um, there are people that have, like really developed their playing ability, their proficiency on their instrument or their singing, uh-huh. but but don't have the songs. And and I think that's an incredibly important part. So, and if you feel that you can't do it, that it's not your thing, then definitely try to. You know, learn about songwriting, learn what makes a good songwriter so that you could spot that in somebody else. You could spot mm-hmm. that talent. And With uh, that, Nikki, um, let me ask you this, uh, just off the cusp. Give me a couple of your favorite songwriters that you look to for inspiration. Um, okay, uh, let's see. Al Green. Mm-hmm. Um... Prince, Stevie Wonder, Paul McCartney, Carol King. Wonderful. Uh, just, yeah, just a couple of examples. Yeah. And, and not to break your train of thought, but like just to give people a way to like just like what what they may look into, you know. Well, I also think you when you're starting to learn how to play, you you might you know try different styles of music you know absorb everything uh and get into cover bands like learn how to play different songs and how to get an audience excited um because you can learn a lot about you like what kind of music is right for you Mm -hmm. that way and uh funny enough i mean i i played all kinds of different styles of music and then i discovered that what my strong strong side was was the music that I've loved the most all along, <laughs> which is like I've been an Al Green fan since I was seven years old, since my mom played those records. Right. So I always, you know, that's kind of a, a core of what I do is like this soul rhythm and blues kind of thing. Uh, even though I've played other kinds of music. Right. And, uh, and then some people are very adaptable. They can, like, you know, fit into any situation. And, and others, they're much more like, no, i got to be very true to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm one of those people. So I, you know, years ago, I was contacted by Courtney Love. Uh, she was auditioning musicians. And um, I had, it, it was, she was searching for band members. This was like several years ago and she did this like worldwide search and you had to submit a video with your playing. Yeah. And there were some requests of like what you should look like and, you know, what she, what kind of people she was looking for, what type of musicians. And, um, I kind of ignored all of that and I just sent 
like a tape with me doing me. Yeah, and, you sent you. And, yeah, and I, I I got a phone call from her, uh, like in the middle of the night. Yeah. It was like, and uh, it was like, hi, this is Courtney's love. And uh, so I really like what you're doing. I, I like your lyrics. I like your, you know, but I wonder the management, they want to see, could you like wear your guitar lower? Could you wear more of a goth makeup, wear more black? Um, and it was basically like total opposite of me. Of who you are, and yeah. And and then she went, she said if you if you think you can do that and like send in another video, and I did, and I thought I sounded like shit, and I felt so <laughs> uncomfortable, and I didn't hear back from her, yeah. um, and because it wasn't you, it's not me. But there there are other people who are more like chameleons, and they don't have a problem with that. They're like you know cool, whatever it takes for the gig. They can they can you know do it. Yeah. Um, I'm not that person. So I, I guess what I'm trying to say is be true know, yourself. Thy, know thyself, know yourself and be the best you that you can be. Try to figure out what is it about you that is special and really capitalize on it. Uh, emphasize your strengths. Uh, it's good to work on your weaknesses, but you can also try to get help from others. So, you know, if you're not a great, uh, if you're not great with like recording and gear and stuff like that, then find somebody, find, find people that are good at that. Cause otherwise you might be wasting time trying to spend energy and money and then you just become mediocre anyway. Yeah. So, um, or, you know, lyrics, I like writing lyrics, but they're, it doesn't come easy for me. It's a lot of work and, and I do it very slowly. So I decided that, you know, I got to try and find a lyric writer to, so that I could be more productive. Yeah. And, and I did. And, um, so, so I think, yeah, know yourself, uh, work on capitalize on your strengths and get help from people with your weaknesses, but also you got to dig in and, you know, work on some weaknesses um get together play with people don't just like do videos on instagram or youtube like get play with real people on a real stage and uh and also songs are so important like learn from the masters learn what makes great songs no matter what style of music you like yeah that that would be my best advice Great. After all these years, great. And so, just to uh, finish off this conversation, uh, give us some dessert. Tell us about your time <laughs> in Tennessee. Oh my God, it's it's been a dream of mine. I've always wanted to go to Memphis and Muscle Shoals because it's, I mean, the cradle of so much of the music that I've always loved. So we, um, my husband and I, we uh, went to. Memphis and Muscle Shoals and Nashville, and it was in connection with Americana Fest. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I had, you know, the friends, the artists that play in Los Angeles that were doing this California country showcase. And uh, I actually didn't know about the showcase, but I knew about Americana Fest. And I just thought, you know what? I'm, we got to buy tickets for this. I, this is just going to force us to get out there. So I'd never been. And so we bought the tickets, and um, I said, well, you know, if we're going to Na- Nashville, then we got to go to Memphis, because that is like... Yeah. 
number one holy grail for me. Graceland. So, uh, so we lined up our trip and like, you know, just thought, okay, we start in Memphis and then we're going to go to Muscle Shoals and then we're going to end in Nashville with Americana Fest. Right. And uh, it was amazing. We, uh, we were only in Memphis for a couple of days, but we uh, went to Al Green's church and uh-huh. attended his sermon and none of us are religious, but the band was killing it. He was great. Uh, and it was like a two and a half hour sermon. Yeah. And uh, I, well, here's another amazing thing. In May, I saw Al Green. He came to LA and played at the Greek Theater. And I was really impressed by his guitar player. Yeah. And I found out through social media who he was and contacted him. And it turned out that he teaches. So I was, said do you do skype lessons so i got a skype lesson with al green's guitar player and he was teaching me how to play like um i can't remember i think it was uh uh simply beautiful the al green song simply beautiful so he's like showing me his approach how he did the solo at at the gig and it was really cool and when he found out that i was gonna go to memphis and uh he said well hey you gotta go to the church and you gotta say hi to my buddy who plays organ (laughs) in, in the band yeah and so we went to the church and i said hi to the organ player never got to meet al green i didn't want to bug him he's not always like crazy about meeting fans um but uh but i met the organ player and i also had lined up a session at royal studios which is where al green and ann peebles and keith richards and so many people have done their like classic albums yeah Uh, especially the whole like high records you know with yeah and what that meant to you man i I was like i I love seeing the pictures it was so dope (laughs) i can't tell you how it felt for me it was uh so basically i had the session booked we're at the church and we're like oh gosh this sermon is going on for a long time i'm gonna miss my session so i'm like texting willie mitchell's son boo like we're in the church still and he's like don't worry about it. It's cool. You know, I'll wait <laughs> yeah. for you. And then Al Green's organ player says, I'll give you a ride to the, to Royal Studios. Can't and so, so we like hop in his car. He drives us out there. He knows Boo. And uh, it was so surreal because we were the first ones there. We're kind of waiting for Boo to show up. And then he's a little bit frazzled. He comes in and he's like, oh, okay, I just got to open up the studio. And so he opens it up and it's pitch black in there. And he's like, yeah, come, come with me. So we're following him through all these little hallways. And he, as he turns down one light at a time, like, boom, you see all the gold records with Al Green. Turns on another light. It's like, oh my God, that's Al Jackson Jr.'s drum kits and Teeny Hodge's guitar amp. Yeah. And we're in the big studio. And then turns on another light. And then it's like all the master tapes <laughs> of like the classic and people's records that are just there. So where did your mind blow? Right when the lights come on? Oh, <laughs> it's, uh, you, you know, when he started pulling out the mics and setting up the 
like preparing for the session, then I was like, what the hell did I get myself into? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> then I realized, wow, shit, I'm, I'm going to like sing here. <laughs> and Incredible. Uh, it was a little bit of a mental battle. I had to like, you know, the, the better half of me had to be like, yeah, you, you've earned your right to be here. Be cool. You know your song. I did like a simple vocal and acoustic guitar track because mm-hmm. it was that type of song. It doesn't, didn't need a lot of other instrumentation. So it was like easy, you know, to fly to Memphis with one guitar. Right. And, uh, and the organ player, Brandon, he hung out throughout the whole session. And I, you know, I did a couple of tapes and, and then I asked him, would you like to do another take and play organ or play keys? He's like, no, man, it's cool. It's, it's good just as it is. And, uh, and then we go into the control room after it's done and I'm in the control room and it's, I mean, the whole place, it looks like time just stopped at 1974. Ain't that great? I mean, there's like, it's like, there's, there's a bit of water damage. I mean, there's like, nothing has changed. There's like orange shag carpet on the walls, uh, wooden panels. I mean, it's like. (laughs) you know, completely untouched, it, it seems like. And um, we're standing in the control room, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is where Al Green probably stood, and they listened back to, you know, Love and Happiness or something. And I see this giant, you know, big mixing board, and my voice is coming out of the monitors, and next to each monitor, there's, like, Grammy Awards with Bruno Mars for Uptown Funk. <laughs> and that was kind of nerve-wracking <laughs> it was yeah. just like holy shit um, <laughs> but yeah that was my that was my experience at Royal Studios and uh, that was just a completely surreal day and after we were done you know Rich and I just sat you know at a restaurant and just tried to make it sink in <laughs> and that's all you could do right <laughs> That's all I could do. And uh, and then the next day, we went to the Civil Rights Museum, and then we went to the Stocks Museum. And those really powerful experiences, going to the Civil Rights Museum at the Lorraine Hotel. And uh, you know, I'd also, I was reading a book that uh, a band member, you know, had introduced me to, The People's History of the United States. Oh, yeah. Which is a little bit of a, maybe left wing or it's like the working class history of America from mm-hmm. Columbus to Bill Clinton. Sure. So I was really fascinated by that book. And then to see the civil rights museum and, you know, and they take you from slavery through, you know, the freedom rider buses and, and everything. It was such a powerful experience. And then to go to the Sachs museum where, you had black and white musicians in a segregated town and they're like in this studio making music together. Uh, it, it was, it just put things in a different light. Yeah. Well, it was I, really cool. Well, Nikki, I can't wait to hear that song. <laughs> well, we'll see. You know, I, I hope I made it justice, but, um, but it's, uh, I guess I've, I've got a great story that comes with it. But, 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be on the album. It'll be like the one kind of like everything else is with full band and you know, backup singers. And then I think it's going to be the last song of the album, which is very stripped down. It's just me singing and playing acoustic guitar. That's perfect. At Royal. But uh, no, it was great. Yeah, and after two two days or three days in Memphis, we went to uh, Muscle Shoals. And, and Muscle Shoals Sound Studio was beautiful place the guy that was you know the tour guide he was just such a fan of the music and great tour guide yeah and it it was just so cool to see where staple singers had you know recorded and paul simon doing kodachrome and and then leonard skinnard freebird and rolling stone uh all those songs, all those songs, and uh, went to Fame Studios too. And unfortunately, there, uh, the big studio where Aretha had been recording uh, was closed because somebody was doing a session in there, and um, the guide wasn't as cool as the the guide at Muscle Shoals Sound. But um, but no, it was it was incredible. And then we went to Nashville and <laughs> we played at Americana Fest and yeah. uh and uh it, it's it's a trip that we still talk about like, geez, you remember this, do you, you know it, Yeah. It's I mean, just still paying it's just like still resonating with us. It's like boosting our energy still. <laughs> I, it won't stop. Um I, I, like, I hope not. What, I hope not. What people um you know, not from the South, when they come to the South for that, when they come for music, and if they get down to Tennessee, and if they were to come down to Mississippi, and if they get down in Alabama, like, there is something about the air. And it's like, it's almost something that, like, just sticks on you, is what they say. Huh. Well, I, I mean, you know, it's like I'm humidity. a hopeless romantic. It's, it, I'm a hopeless romantic. I saw the Muscle Shoals documentary. We, we watched it on the flight to Memphis. I watched the documentary about Al Green, Gospel According to Al Green. Yeah. Like right before the plane, the, the wheels hit Memphis. Uh, we watched it. Uh, and uh, so maybe I'm a romantic. I, I mean, I love all that music that came out of there and i know the scene is different today i mean if you go to memphis you walk around the streets you're more likely to hear a lot of hip-hop um so uh but i i guess i mean yeah for me with all the music that i love memphis and tennessee the air the the cotton fields the train tracks the sound of the trains it was all you know yeah perfect it was pilgrimage <laughs> so. I'm, t- I'm telling you like um like i feel like i live in mecca sometimes you know what i mean yeah <laughs> it's like the uh the center of songwriting it seems like yeah no i'd love to go back absolutely would love to go back and i love new orleans too so yeah the- New Orleans is dope. Uh, I've never had a bad time there. Like, but one thing that I always comment on as we pull out is like, it kind of stunk a little bit. You know, but it just smells like the night before. <laughs> oh, okay. 
our the the guitarist that left he actually moved to new orleans so uh yeah hopefully it'll be a luckier city for him <laughs> yeah i don't know yeah there's uh sometimes i have friends who believe in like lucky places yeah or some places are luckier than others and it's not like like that for everybody you know sometimes la is a very lucky place for some people and for some it's not yeah it's not the so, city of angels for everybody yeah but uh, sure. i i certainly had a, a great time in the south and i'd love to go back great well nikki i'm sure the reservation is ready and uh, i really appreciate <laughs> you giving me some time uh to oh, just, thank to you just, to thank, just, thanks just recap the year thank you so much for having me on your show and for you know the great conversations and um and i hope that when i you know go back to the south to tour with my new album uh next year i, I hope that we get to meet i think i need to pencil that thing in <laughs> for sure you keep me updated on that Okay, I I hope that you had a great 2019 as well, and and I hope you have a fantastic 2020 as we enter into the new decade. Yeah, no kidding. Same to you. Um, 2019's Thank been you. nothing nothing but good. Um, great. And uh, I'm just I'm just so thankful for how good it's been for you. It's been an absolute pleasure of uh, having you on the show and just keeping up with all that you do. Thank you so much. And so, uh, Nikki, uh, I, I guess we're, we're good, you know. It's been another okay. episode of Porch Talk. And um, I'll, um, I'll play a familiar track that I have of yours, or um, I don't know if you have anything new that you want to send over. Um, I don't have anything new yet. I'm, I'm going to save it all for, for the album. I, I don't think I'm going to pre-release any singles. I think it's just all going to be, you know, in, in uh, the end of January, but you're welcome to, you know, play, play a song like Love Will Lead You Home or When Do I Tell Him? Yeah, I, uh, I have Love Will Lead You Home. I think that'll be the one. And All uh, right. We're going to get on out of here. Nikki, thank you so much. Thank you. All right, we're out of here. Peace out. Okay, be well. Bye. Right. News and notes. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening. I'd ask that you would go one step further and rate and review the show. Connect with us on social media, if you would. Same logo. So for the holiday season, I aim to... Put out as much content as I can uh, to give you a place to go. If that is somewhere that you're having a hard time with. And I get it. It's not easy. So, but I want you to know that there is an outlet. And this is the outlet. And so if you know somebody that needs an outlet, invite them to hang out. Poor soul. I got you for an hour. And I'm about to share some music. This is Love Will Lead You Home by Nikki O'Neill. I'm out of here. Peace out.
Time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.